It has been a couple of weeks since the last Live and Breathe horse racing broadcast, and it's more mainly due to the fact that Dubai World Cup was going on, and the Bluegrass Stakes, Santa Anita Derby, and Wood Memorial were taking place, and uh, that's a lot of work for uh, the website that I work on, so it's better to just take the week off, kind of recharge, figure out where this podcast is going. One of the places it's going is it's going to be a weekly or bi-weekly deal. I'll give you a heads up. This week, it's going to be a weekly deal, and the reason is is because I'm going to go camping this weekend, and uh, it's going to be with a bunch of fifth graders uh, from a school that I coach at, and that is one of the reasons why we're only going to have one this week. But this week, we are going to discuss a couple of things, and it might go a little longer than the 15 minutes that we usually try to target, but the main focus of this podcast is talking about lower racetracks because the uh, Fonner Park question came up today, not to mention Will Rogers Down just started, Uh, Turf Paradise is going on and there was a condition there that was uh, kind of fun to poke around at, and with all the big racetracks, these smaller racetracks still do some great work because they are all basically run by casinos. And so it's important to look at and see and go from there as far as what you're looking for when it comes to those races. Uh, Number one, nine out of 10 times the morning line is completely skewed and is probably off by about one to two points. So if you see a horse that is five to two, you're likely to see even money, even money, eight to five, somewhere around that category. So without further ado, what we're going to discuss is we are actually going to discuss a couple of racetracks and it's going to kind of be a visual deal as well because we want you to get to know these tracks because they are pretty important when it comes to it. Um, first, we're going to start with Fonner Park and the reason we're going to start with Fonner Park is because it's kind of a cool track. It's called, it's in Grand Island, Nebraska. Uh, they've been racing there for almost six for sixty five years as of this year. This is actually their sixty sixth year. And the cool thing about Fonner Park is the fact that this track actually um, hasn't replaced uh, the former Axar Bend, but has become um, the main track for for Nebraska brands to go to and. Uh, see the races at and usually with these smaller tracks what you will get is it's basically a little odd if you go to the races there for a couple reasons one for Fonner Park it's not only a racetrack it's kind of like a fair community they actually have football in there at the Nebraska State Fairgrounds Um, and they have the racetrack plus they have camel races and ostrich races every meet to help that out as well but um, if you can go to if you go to the website, it's actually fonnerpark.com, and that's due to the fact that it's probably a easier way to get to it. And their racing is primarily, you know, lower level races that go on there, as far as that's concerned. And um, you know, their conditions are a little odd. They don't have big fields most of the time. But the one thing that they do have is that they do have competitive racing for the levels. And 
that is something that a lot of people don't realize or understand is the fact that you want competitive racing sometimes, especially on these lower tracks, regardless of how big or how strong, um, you know, the purses are. I mean, everybody bets every single day. Everybody looks at the races uh, a certain way, but Funner Park is one of those tracks that are considered a C track, which is basically uh, racing that occurs from, that basically has low purses. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it's one of those tracks that you have to understand how it goes as far as that's concerned. Uh, so um, normally the horses that run there are usually running at Sam Houston, Will Rogers Downs, Fair Meadows uh, track. And that is a big um, place to where you see a lot of lower level claimers. And so when you do go ahead and do the handicapping, you're looking for back class because a lot of the horses that are running there may be six, seven years old. You might even see a six-year-old maiden and those are the automatic throwouts nine out of 10 times. So Fonner Park is a fun place. It's in Grand Island, uh, Nebraska. And it's a place that you might want to go visit if you're ever in Nebraska just for fun or even if you're playing now because I'm in Houston, Texas, I don't get to play Fonner Park and I don't get to play Will Rogers Downs at all, which really bums me out because Will Rogers actually has some good racing. We're going to talk about that next. And Will Rogers is actually a little bit north of, of, um, of Oklahoma City. It's outside of Tulsa. And it's actually run by the Cherokee Casino. And it's a bullring. It's not a, It's actually not a bullring. I apologize for that. It is actually a one-mile track in circumference. And they have some good racing there. A lot of Oklahoma Reds go there. And what you will see, because they run Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays, is you'll see a lot of jockeys from Arkansas's Oklahoma Park actually go over there in moonlight on those three days. Um, to try to get either their confidence back or just try to get some wins under their belt. Or um, one of the other things that I think is really cool is that they just like to race. So you'll see Floyd Wethy there and you'll see Channing Hill and you'll see um, a lot of the lower level guys riding there uh, as far as that's concerned. So a very cool track to go to. It's at a casino. It's off the beaten path in there. But it's um, right off right off of I-44 in Oklahoma, outside of Tulsa. And uh, it's a good place to go. Another sea level track, but their purses are a little higher. Again, they don't, they don't allow uh, wagering here in Texas for it, but ADWs do allow it. And when I was in California, this was one of my go-to tracks to make some money at because... Uh, if you can find a horse that is going to be under bat, you're going to make a ton of money at that track just going to that level. Uh, another track that I love and took a lot of parts into it is Turf Paradise. And Turf Paradise is in, outside of Phoenix, Arizona. It's off, off of, it's almost off of, um, I want to say, Black Canyon Parkway, which is a little bit, North, it's almost on the north end tip of uh, Highway 101 in Phoenix, Arizona. And basically, uh, that track's been there for a long time. It's a one-mile track. It's got a nice turf course, which is kind of cool to see. 
And one of the cool things about that place um, is that they only run from... Their last race of the day is called the Hasta Vista Handicap. And my sister uh, won it one year with Palo Verde, a Ray Bell trained horse. The next year, Palo Verde decided to run through the rail and um, drop my sister in the paddock, which wasn't cool, but it's actually off of Bell Road, just to let you know. But this track, obviously, it's another sea. To me, it's a sea level track. It, it's all along the lines of Portland Meadows, but one of the cool things, and Will Rogers Downs, um, so, uh, and, you know, Turfway Park is also a sea level track if you aren't, if, but that may actually change here soon with, with the new, um, with the new historical wagering stuff going on in there. They're actually starting to put it in now, but, uh, Turfway, I'm sorry, Turf Paradise is one of those tracks that has a ton of history. As far as that's concerned, they're going on their 63rd year of racing there. And one of the cool things about that track is that they have Arabians. They have um, quite a bit of racing going on. They've added a mixed meet now, so there's quarter horses that are run there. And one of the things that I would recommend doing if you're there is going in April when they're racing and catch a couple ball games because there are ball games. And that's the cool thing about that track. Um, and also, one of the conditions that they have there and it's run with the claimers, it's run with the maidens, and it's a really odd one, but it's basically non-winners of races. Non-winners, actually it's it's written along the lines of horse that hasn't finished first, second, or third um, is not eligible in the race. So you basically have horses that have finished fourth or worse at a certain level or a certain tag. And so basically what you're doing is that they are giving horses that haven't been in form an attempt to try to get into form. And uh, they're the most difficult races to handicap. But once you actually figure out how to handicap those races and understand how those races go, um, it's actually really fun to handicap. And the reason why we're only going to look at these three tracks for now is because obviously I want to talk about a couple of other things um, as far as the racing stuff is concerned. A couple of views as far as the um, derby prep races that occurred over the weekend and also discuss what's going on Friday at Santa Anita with the no whip rule occurring and all that fun stuff. So here we go. We're going to discuss it right off the bat, and we're going to actually discuss the no whip rule first before we get into the into the Bluegrass Stakes, the UAE Derby, the Wood Memorial, and the Santa Anita Derby, which, shockingly enough, I watched all four of them but uh, and actually saw them live instead of having to go back and watch races. But first things first, number one, what do I think about the the whipping rule? Here's here's the deal. Um, way back when, when I first started, Richard Mandela had a filly that needed to always be asked to go. And at the time, they didn't have the riding crops they did now. And when she came back, uh, I'm not going to name the rider, but um, he's still riding today. But when she came back, she had welts on the back of her butt. And she also was cut a couple times from the whip. 
Um, and so those crops there, I actually have a few still and they hurt. And the only reason why I know they hurt is because one day when I was walking through Hollywood Park's uh, famous, I guess, tunnel, if you want to call it, that connects the jock room, my sister and I were talking and we're walking out to head home and we're discussing something and she had just bought one of the, those whips and was testing it out and I was the test dummy and she smacked me in front of Lafitte. Lafitte got a good kick out of it. I did not, however, because I think I screamed the loudest I ever have as a male. And uh, basically they do hurt. Uh, the newer ones now I have seen them do not hurt as much at all, if any, because they basically just make noise. And if anybody's ever um, done any lunging with horses, whatsoever and they use a whip to get underneath them or to get them to run when they're when they're trying to get them exercise without a whip and just try to get them to go around an arena um you'll hear the smack of the whip because of the way the whip interacts with the air and so it's not hitting a horse it's just basically making a noise because of the way the whip is being um, maneuvered quickly through the air and Hence why it's so important to have the whip. It's more of a reminder and a request to get the horse to go. Now, um, am I the belief that, that whips should be outlawed? Absolutely not. I'm not. In fact, um, the best case scenario that I can see, and I even tweeted this the other day, was if you go back and look at Oakland Park on Saturday and Channing Hill's win in race four, I do believe, with his horse, that horse actually got the lead and started shying away from the crowd because the crowd was so loud that it, he ended up, sh one, switching le leads back to the wrong lead, but two, he ended up almost ducking into the rail. And if it wasn't for Channing having a whip, that could have been a bad, bad wreck because the horses behind him are right in his lane. And so without, without the whip and without him being able to get his horse focused back on running and not worried about the, the crowd, I think we would have seen a really, really tragic incident where we could have had multiple horses go down and, you know, PETA and all its sensibilities of we want to try to save the horses, which I know is a bunch of bull crap um, because, you know, they kill more people than anything else. But um, not people, but animals. Um, I think it's just a bad situation. And, you know, I'm, I have already not bet Santa Anita in a long time. It has nothing to do with who's running it. It just has to do with the buy, the product of the racing, the fact that there's low, small fields, the fact that they've now gotten rid of the, the turf course, um, which has been a staple and a product of the six and a half down the hill, which leads to big prices. Uh, those are th those are big reasons why I don't bet Santa Anita anymore. It has nothing to do with the ownership. The ownership, I, I do believe, has the best interest in racing. Um, and I just think they've put themselves so far back in focusing in other places that I think that they kind of lost what they had here at Santa Anita, and hopefully they're going to right the ship. And with California and all their situations, I think it's even worse because um, once California get uh, California politicians... So we're going to try to finish this up, and I apologize for all the stoppages as far as this podcast is concerned, but we are going to discuss the races 
uh, for the last two weeks as far as the derby picture goes. And uh, we were going to start with the UAE derby with plus K Parfait, who won the race, plus uh, obviously the second place finisher ended up winning, um, or the second place finisher was a Peter Miller horse as well. But for the first time since the UAE Derby, this these two horses actually have a legitimate shot at the first Saturday in May. Plus K Parfait in particular for a couple of reasons. Uh, the first one was something that Brendan Walsh had said um, during the in-house feed at Dubai when he was being interviewed and his and his comment about the fact that they were actually pointing for this race um, and that regardless of how the horse did at fairgrounds, they were going to run here. And they basically took the horses away from, or they basically went back to Kentucky, got them ready, and then sent them over to Dubai, and he ran a huge race. And this may be the first time where you see a horse who's actually been training here full-time and just going over for the race and coming back and now we're going to have to see whether or not that trip uh, which sometimes takes a lot out of horses older horses uh, when it comes to the dubai world cup if it's going to do the same thing to this horse so leading up to the race uh, leading up to the derby we're going to have to take a good long look as far as that's concerned because to me it's important to do uh, important to see it because I think I think the whole the whole deal as far as um, this race is really really important when it comes to to whether or not this horse will run well enough uh, come first Saturday of May. But you cannot do not take anything away from him and. Um, take a long look at him as far as going up into the races, and obviously we'll discuss it as we move forward. Uh, we're going to go over to the Wood Memorial now, and the Wood Memorial was won by Tacitus, um, finishing second was Tax. And I uh, feel that um, after looking at the replay a couple times, because I did look at the replay after the race, um, he didn't have the cleanest trip, but what really bothers me as far as the Wood Memorial is... I just don't think this race is going to produce a winner out of here uh, as far as the Derby is concerned. Might run third, might run fourth, but I just am not fond of this race. They went home way too slow. Looked like I was watching a replay a couple times. And um, as nice as Tacitus is, I just don't think he wants to go this far or wants to go that far uh, when it comes to the first Saturday in May. And that's a big, big, um, big deal as far as that's concerned. Uh, for the Bluegrass Stakes, Vacoma is a really nice horse. I think uh, this race also is one of those to where you're looking at a race where um, a lot of horses are coming out of it and they look good winning it. But uh, Vacoma's got such a wonky way of running. It's so... Um, so strange how that he runs that uh to me i think that may be a hindrance depending on the post position and also he's going to get speed with him in the front of that race and that's going to be really really difficult to overcome if uh if the race plays out and his post isn't and again you know i don't take anything into account as far as racing is concerned until after the the dirt the draw and then finally, Roadster wins uh, the Santa Anita Derby. 
and it was a game win. It was a strong win. And Mike Smith obviously probably had choice between him and game winner, and he chose this horse. Um, but Roadster was game. And now it comes down to uh, this week coming up with uh, the Arkansas Derby, if he decides to choose Omaha Beach or Roadster if Omaha Beach wins. But Roadster definitely very sharp in his win. I think the whole uh, situation with his breathing is is and can still be a problem if you aren't um, if you aren't aware of that problem that he had. They did go ahead and, and do some sort of uh, elective procedure to make sure that he could get his breathing uh, properly done. And uh, game winner, I, I just don't know about game winner as well. I think the the wide trips he gets, it, it's it's something that he's used to. But, you know, 20 horses, he's going to get fanned out 7, 8 wide if he does that. And that's not going to hold well. But then again, we're going to have to look at the draw, see how it goes as far as the Derby's concerned. So with all those key facts, for me currently with these four races already run i don't see any big differences in anything i'm gonna wait until the first saturday of may to make my decision unless something pops up in the arkansas derby that make me think that's the horse to win that's gonna win um but with that said thanks for listening to this podcast hopefully you guys have enjoyed it and we'll be back next week uh, to discuss the arkansas derby and moving forward on how this podcast will work